To shukune, to shukune, to shukune, ya hey, ya hey, ya na hey, ya hey, ya hey, ya hey, ya hey, ya hey, ya hey, ya. This next talk is going to be about gardening for wildlife and tolerance for nature and, it, and the animals that live in it. Quite simply, the largest available tracts of land in the world, but we'll talk about the United States, are our lawns and our yards. Suburbia is everywhere in the United States. Uh, the first lawn in the United States, I think we can track it back to Thomas Jefferson, who, by the way, I love. This is not a diss on Thomas Jefferson. But he, in order for Americans back then to look good, they wanted to bring some of the things that society said make you special from Europe. One was big, massive lawns. England was filled with them. So at Monticello, where he lived, he had big, massive lawns. It was a sign of prosperity. And also, on a darker side, um, which we have to always tell the truth, you can't change before you tell the truth. He had lots of slaves, Thomas Jefferson, and it was a sign of that also. Um, darker side of humanity, the thing we have to change. What is that? One, that and many other things, right? But that's a huge one, right? Huge. And in some ways, how we treated slavery is just how we treat the earth. We won't let it go. It took so much work, but it did go. Not that it doesn't happen in the world today, but it's being accepted by society. It did go. Pushing and pulling, fighting, screaming, yelling, blood, and everything else, but it did go. So we can fight for our planet, and it will eventually win out if we don't give up. Think if people had given up back then. So here we are. We have all these lawns, more acreage than every national park combined, every wilderness area combined, all the national forests probably available. And where is this land? This land's within cities, suburbia. One of the great gifts we have is to be empathic. As a person who's empathic, <coughs> excuse me, feel for a minute, just close your eyes. Feel for a minute what it would be like to be a human being <laughs> in a city without any nature at all. Best you could ever do would be having pigeons and mosquitoes. No, no diss, I love pigeons. Now think of what it would be like to be an animal, a bird flying over a city or an animal living in a city with cars buzzing by. You can slowly open your eyes cars buzzing by, planes overhead, people spraying defoliants and pesticides, killing every single animal that lives on their plants, um, screaming and yelling and noise and air pollution and um, just everywhere. Imagine what that's like for an animal. Whew. Makes you want to take a breath, huh? Whew. 
Now imagine if we took our lawns, which are pretty much useless for wildlife, and turned them into wildlife habitats. We actually tried to educate ourselves and planted native plants. Imagine if we brought bees back, which are in deep trouble, and other insects, so that birds, and other insects that have a lot of larvae that birds could eat. Imagine what that would do. Imagine if we put up birdhouses all over the place, and feeders, and water. Imagine the importance of water. In survival, it's the most important skill we need. Find water. We can't live more than a few days without it. What do you think it does for animals? Any water you put out is appreciated by insects and animals. Habitats so animals can hide from predators. There's books out on it now. I recently read a book called Nature's Best Hope. I can't remember the author, but you could look it up. And it's an amazing book this uh, wonderful um, man wrote, um, an educator back east. And he spent his life studying this. And he, it, It's a New York Times bestseller. That gave me great hope. It's a bestseller. If, and he says in that book, if we literally turned our yards into gardens, we would, it would, he, he calls it, we, we would create the new national park system. And imagine how wonderful our cities would be to live in if they were all parks. Imagine if we did it even further. If as cities grow and develop, we start to turn rooftops into gardens and vacant lots into gardens for animals, all for animals and wildlife. Not that there can't be trails and places for people, but with wildlife as the major reason. Imagine if we dug up roads and got rid of cars in cities and turned them into gardens and, and, and vegetable gardens too and things like that. And, walkways where people could sit and meet and sit up and put benches out like the one I'm sitting on. Imagine, imagine what we could do. And this is within our grasp. I remember years ago, I lived in an uh, apartment in Santa Cruz, California for a very short time. And I had a deck. I bet that deck was 12 feet by maybe 8. And I turned it into a incredible garden. I I had, I put all kinds of plants in it. There's just enough room for me to sit. I put, um, I had, it was filled with bees. There was endless plants, people, the animals were eating. Um, I even had a nest of doves in there with babies. And I imagine that everybody in, if, I imagine if everybody in that area there, the, uh, say there was a hundred um, condos or, or there, or apartments. Every deck had been turned that way. Imagine what it would be like. It would have been wildlife habitat number one, you know. Animals know how to come back and find space. I once had, I once, I used to run a wildlife rescue in Santa Cruz, California called Native Animal Rescue. It was one of the highlights of my life, creating an animal rescue and helping animals that were injured um, and needed help. More often than not, it was they were injured at the hands of humans. Not always, but more often than not. And I remember one time being called out for a seabird that was sitting in the middle of a parking lot in front of a Pier 1 Imports um, in an office max. <laughs> and it was surrounded by people and there was barking dogs. And I drove up and, I, and my empathy hit and I thought, oh my God, can you imagine what this bird feels? Imagine what it feels. It's on this hot boiling parking lot surrounded by people gawking at it. And it can't move, right? But it looks okay. And dogs are barking at it. And I looked and I immediately knew the problem. It was a seabird. It was a, it was a seabird and it, it was a loon and it could only take off from water. 
And being empathic, I thought, what happened to the bird? And I visioned for a second, and he told me. It was flying over the city, trying to get out to the ocean or to a lake or a river. And it saw the parking lot, and it glared in the sun, and it looked like water. So it landed. It hit hard, but lived. That's a miracle in itself, right? And there it was in the parking lot, surrounded by cars, people, dogs. I simply picked him up with a loving heart. And I say this because I wasn't just a human being doing. I picked him up with a loving heart. And I held him for a second. And I gave him my best energy to help him. Calm, loving, kindness. Just traits that when humans come from these things, we change everything. Calm, loving, kindness, heart, peaceful. And I, for a second, I educated the people. I told them what happened, so maybe they would get out and help and look out for birds. Many of them were interested. And then I put him in a very safe cage in my car, covered him with a towel. Birds calmed down when they're in the dark. And I took him out to the water and let him go, and he was okay. He took off. And what a moment in my life to see that bird go off into the water and be okay. I mean, that's all you need in life right there. That's as good as it gets. That's a highlight. That's a highlight reel. <coughs> you could do that too. I've had an extraordinary life because I've chosen to be involved in making things better. You could do it too. Everyone could. And imagine if we did, what would happen? So creating wildlife habitat, turning our yards, educating ourselves. Read this book, Nature's Best Hope. Learn about native plants. Learn about it. Bring your yards and back. Forget this stupid idea of the classic green lawn that for some reason or another society says you're, you're keeping up with your neighbor. You're good because of it. It's a bunch of crap. You want to do something good, turn your yard into wildlife habitat. Imagine if every single person in every city around the world turned their decks and their yards into wildlife habitat. Instantly, a good portion of the planet would be livable for all things. And we'd be calmer. We'd have trees. We'd have birds. We'd have insects making us happy. We'd talk to our neighbors. We'd be friendlier, kinder, sweeter, more heart, more loving. The whole world could transform from that alone. In fact, in some ways, as that title of that book says, Nature's Best Hope, I think it is, really, Nature's Best Hope. I also think we need to do big things, like, I've read it, I've, I've seen it print in print, and I believe it. We need to save one half of the planet is wild land. But turning cities into wild land for nature is so important, too. I'll do all of it. Do all of it. So this is one of the things that brings me great hope. And when I talk to the kids and I tell them the dire situation that we're in, I give them solutions and I say, get to work. Do something. 